I think we're live now, Jordan. Laugh out loud. Don't mind us. We've just been talking to ourselves for the last 15 minutes. I was wondering. I was like, okay, zero user comments. I can't see the viewers. Like, it literally was scheduled. The countdown went. Everything went. And it didn't go live. Well, good thing. Uh, actually, there was no good thing. Looks like. <laughs> well, we're so, here now. Okay. Hi, everyone. Do you want to know something? You know how um, I have been. I don't know if it's because I'm a jackrabbit or if it's just because, like, USD has, like, kick-ass women's sports coaches. Um, but obviously, like, the first time I interviewed Dawn Flitzwhite, I was, like, shaking in my boots because she's so intense. And she's great. I love her. She was so kind. Like she, um, you know, she never gave me any like issues with my questions or anything like that. But um, yeah, I was intimidated. And then the first time I did my volleyball podcast, the very first interview I ever did was Leanne Williamson. We did the whole interview and it was so good, Jordan. The answers were like, I mean, like, I don't want to say spilled the tea, but like it was everything that like an actual professional sports journalist would want out of their interview. It was in depth. It was phenomenal. Like a 20 minute interview and that it wasn't recording. Oh, and I was like, gosh. I felt so bad. And she was so kind about it. And we, I've, I've not ever had that issue since until tonight. Um, it's been like over a year since that happened, but she was so kind about it and it was fine. But yeah, that was wild. I just noticed that like I couldn't see the viewers or anything. Um, so anyways, we're here. Let us give you a rundown of what we've been gabbing to ourselves about for the past 15 minutes. Um, we started out talking about how we're both super busy and Jordan has little ones and I'm in PhD school and the semester kicked my keister. And also I was doing the volleyball podcast, um, which Jordan, not to brag, but to brag, I got my second ever NCAA credential this time for volleyball. Nice. And Where'd you I go? Went, I went to Lawrence because that's where Omaha went. Um, and it actually ended up working out for me so well. I had decided that if I didn't get credentialed, I was going to try to get credentialed for the NIVC because that would be easy. And um, Kansas City was down at Wichita State. And I have family in Kansas City and also east of Kansas City. So I was like, I'm going to go take a mental health trip at the end of the semester, see my family, and I'll just like throw some volleyball in there. Ended up getting credentialed for the NCAAs. And so Omaha was there at KU. Um, Yale was there and then I have a really good friend who plays for Penn State and Penn State also got sent to KU so even after Omaha lost I just hung out um, made sure I could still get in the second day hung out and watched Cameron uh, so that was super fun but yeah I was busy doing all of that so my basketball viewing I've watched enough to know what's going on and know that um, the league is different this year and we're going to chat about that <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah certainly haven't been super super intense and I know you have your littles uh and your cat so you're busy as well yeah and, and like I mentioned on the non-live version of our talk but I'll mention it on the live version full disclosure for Madison and I we haven't paid as much attention as we wanted to so far this non-conference season so what we're going to do tonight is just kind of walk through the nine teams what they've been up to you know share any interesting stats or that that either helps or hurts a team um madison's got a lot of good insights to uh, the coaches and what a good chunk of the teams have been doing um 
but just kind of do that work for you so you don't have to look up, you know, who's leading the league in this or where, where are the teams at in the standings, you know, what's what's upcoming for these teams. We'll just do brief rundown of the nine teams, kind of where they're at and what's coming up. And, uh, yeah, I guess that'll be the pilot episode of season three for us. Season three with our two live viewers. I'm literally so proud. Um, Is it counting us as two? <laughs> no, I, my husband is watching. I can see that he commented, or at least he was watching at one point. Um, yeah. And I know I have some friends who said they were going to hop on. So oh, we're up to three. Fantastic. I love you, Joe. Um, Joe Boston, the man. <laughs> um, okay. Let's start with North Dakota. Um, North Dakota's been struggling a little bit. Casey Baravich got hurt a few weeks ago. She is back from what I know. Um, I know Garrett Bruce in our group chat, Jordan is kind of our UND fighting Hawks guy. So I do want to bring up something, um, that he sent to the group chat. This is a, a quote, a snippet from an article, um, that was published after I believe the loss to Mayville state which um are they NAIA or D2 I can't remember I was going to bring I, this up too is I don't know which are D2 and which are are they Northern Sun maybe okay um, we're going to do a quick little googly Mayville State Athletics I th- I think they are D2 cuz if I remember some of the comments in the group chat it was Yikes. Well, people do confuse the two quite often. And that actually is something that super duper bothers me is people will interchange. um, They'll use D2 and NAIA interchangeably and they're not the same thing. Okay. You know what? They played Jamestown on November 2nd, which tells me they're probably not NAIA because then they would be on the in the g pack they also play dort they wouldn't play two g pack teams that soon um so north dakota's wins have come against concordia college 80 to 47 minot state 82 to 53 and eastern michigan 64 to 56 yeah those are their only three so this is what mallory had to say head coach mallory bernard had to say after the mayville state loss She said, quote, we need to become a team. We need to want to do it for the person next to you. And that does not just mean game day. They're going to have to buy into one another. And it's a really selfless thing to want to do some of the things that we're asking. It's easy to look at a box score and say, I did this. I got this many rebounds. I got this many points. I did this and I did that. It's quit worrying about I. There needs to be personal accountability, especially on the defensive side. Owning your assignment, knowing what you're supposed to do and doing exactly that. There needs to be some trust, though, that I do my job and the person behind me is going to do theirs. We need to do better as a team. I don't dislike it. But that's the heaviest thing I've ever heard Mal say. Like in a a, a presser. Maybe, thank you, Joe, North Star, NAIA. Um, That's the heaviest thing I've heard her say in a presser with the exception maybe of the loss in the Summer League tournament um, last year. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I, um, you know, uh, conference plays coming up, and it's a fair, it's a pretty young team overall. And whether that was directed at, I doubt it was directed at anyone, but 
coaches notice tendencies uh, both inside and outside the locker room. And maybe that's a good wake up call that the team needs. We obviously don't know, but uh, when we've seen coaches express that before um, it's usually directed at the team that, Hey, if we want to get to the bar that I've set for you guys to be successful, we've got to start playing more as a team. And, and yeah, I, I like it from coach Bernard. I, I, and like I, I told you, Madison earlier, they got a, a couple opportunities here over the next 10 days to really show um, what they could potentially be as a team and how they bounce back from a couple of these, uh, to be blunt, quite uh, bad losses. Um, they've got Drake coming up tomorrow at noon. If anyone wants a nooner game uh, on a Thursday Nooners. break, um, they play Drake and then they're at St. Thomas on the 29th for a one o'clock game. So those are a couple of good competition, uh, good games, show where they're at competitively. And then they host South Dakota State on New Year's Eve at 1 p.m. So a, a few good measuring sticks before they, they get into the Big Sky Challenge, which I don't know if we want to run through when we run through these teams who they, they play for the fans that do end up watching this. But yeah. uh, North Dakota's Big Sky Challenge games are January 3rd at Idaho State. And then January 6th, uh, they host Eastern Washington, which is a good matchup. That's a great matchup. Um, Eastern Washington is always a, a good – I mean, Big Sky wins and Valley wins are always good wins. I don't yeah. care if it's if it's a bottom, bottom feeder team in either league. Those are the two leagues that we need to win over um, for any non-con you know, purposes that may come up at the end of the year. I do have to bring up, did you read the Big Sky Challenge press release from the Summit League? I love it. That is so cool. Okay, so I thought, y'all, I thought this was a joke. Like, I saw Josh Fenton and somebody else. Josh Fenton's our commissioner, if you don't know. I saw Fenton and somebody else, like, retweet it. And I was like, oh, this is just, like, a joke. This isn't real. And then I read the press release. So there are 36 games in the Big Sky Challenge. Um we have nine teams on both sides. They'll each play two to get 36. If, uh, sorry, I should note, you get a point for winning on your home floor and a point and a half for winning on the road. So that's how they're going to like calculate this. If at the end of that, um, we are tied, they will go to a margin of victory as a tiebreaker. If, heaven forbid, at the end of that, we're still tied, Josh Fenton and the Big Sky Commissioner are going to arm wrestle at the final four. This is real. The it's final legit. four. Like, this is the final four. The final four. It's real. It's legit. It was in the press release. My only critique for this, this is freaking phenomenal. I love it. Uh, but my only critique for this is I was telling my husband, I wish that they had um, just left it, like, do a point, a point and a half, whatever have the arm wrestle at the final four anyway and make it worth some weird amount of points, like 12 and a half or something. So that like one league could jump ahead of the other based on the result of the arm wrestle, because I want the arm wrestle to happen. This like second tiebreaker thing after a margin of victory, like that, this is never going to happen. What if they did a half court shot? Eh, I mean, like, listen, I can't make a half court shot, but like, People make half quarters all the time. Well, yeah, SDSU would know. They seem to go viral every six months with a half court shot. 
<laughs> you love that so much. I know it's your favorite. I do. Hey, hey. I'm old enough where it's it, as long as the student athletes are having fun. I don't care what school you go to. That's that's cool. Oh, absolutely. Um, I have actually some super important news. I can't believe I was going to open with this. I can't believe I forgot to tell you. <laughs> We're live, okay. right? We're absolutely live. So listen, um, JD Gravina, head coach of the Western Illinois women's basketball team, who obviously they are no longer uh, in the league with us. I DM'd JD the other day and I said, hey, um, I, well, a few weeks ago, I DM'd him when he got hit. I can't remember what number win it was. It was a milestone, a milestone win. I DM'd him and he said, you're going to be disappointed in me, though. I have to tell you something. I was like, what's what's up, JD? JD Gravina told me that after eight years as the celebrity death pool champion, he is out of the running to win this year. Wow. He has lost. He's I, I told him the other day. News. Do you have a breaking news sound effect? I should. Um, I told him the other day, I said, let me know. <laughs> I texted him to say, let me know when you know for sure that you've lost. And he was like, no, I, I'm out of the running. Like, there's no shot. Wow. So, and on that day, that first day when I DM'd him about his milestone win, um, I said, I can't be disappointed in you on such a big day in your career. So I'll be disappointed tomorrow. <laughs> Shocked, disappointed, in disbelief, frustrated. Sad. sad. It's really just sad. It's, it's heartbreaking. I don't want to, um, I don't want to under mine the the win total but was it 300 i do believe it was 300 okay yes. i do believe it was 300 it's 300 more than you and i combined yeah no kidding i have Man. not won anything athletically on my own i've meddled in golf tournaments but i have not like taken <laughs> home uh the gold by myself um out well ever but i also i've taken home the gold in like scramble tournaments but yeah no i will never have 300 wins uh, as a basketball coach or an anything coach honestly so yeah i have I'll two stick medals to i have two medals yeah, to my name and they sit in a box somewhere in a box um okay we're like losing viewers and getting yep. viewers back let's do uh back. let's do denver denver's up next denver. we're, we're going uh in no particular order except the Summit League uh, website, the standings as they sit through games tonight. So, Which is in order. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> okay, did I say in no particular order? Bro. Yeah. Um, rain today. Is you're not even day. drinking. I'm the one drinking. Um, okay. I Denver is three and seven, correct? Yeah. I have watched bits and pieces of three or four Denver games. I watched them play Air Force, North Alabama. To me, it looks similar to North Dakota. Like, I, they just can't necessarily put their pieces together. And they have good pieces. They still have Michaela Minette, who was a defensive player of the year last year. They still mm -hmm. have JoJo Jones. Um, Emma Smith is young, sophomore. I can't remember if JoJo uh, Jordan Jones is a sophomore or junior, too. I mean, young, too, though. Yeah. Um, I, I don't – I don't think the non-con is going to – accurately represent what's going to happen during the season for most teams North no, Dakota I, included I think Denver's got a, a favorable stretch here coming up I think well I don't know how good St. Mary's is but it's it looks like it's in Denver or neutral site game I, I can't is see it, it on... which St. Mary are we talking um 
uh, West Coast St. Mary or whatever the heck conference they're in out there. Let me double check. Um, Moraga, California, St. Mary. I kind of wish the Summit League website had that info. <laughs> League office contacts. Everybody but, I know um, in the office. Oh, it just when it says preview, it just goes to the Summit League weekly tracker. Um, yeah, I'm not going to waste dead airspace on that. So, but anyways, even, they, when is that game? It's uh, tomorrow at seven. They play St. Mary's, but then they open up Summit League play Omaha at home, With Omaha, and then at Oral Roberts, which we'll get to Oral Roberts here at the end here of the. Minute live but uh their their big sky opponents are they are at home on the third against idaho good contest there and then they go on the road on the january 6th um at northern colorado so i i mean it's not daunting to start conference playing in the big sky it's a good measuring stick, just like north dakota state i think anytime a team starts out that this uh three and seven four and seven mark um with some close losses, some bad losses, but some close losses too. Um, you know, it's good to get off on the right foot. And at least you're showing progression. You always want to end the season, right? Playing your best ball. So uh, I trust Coach Woods will have the, the gals competing for sure. Um, 100%. I, Dosha Woods is an icon to me. Um, and she's done so much. She's <clears throat> been so open about her coaching philosophy and she does, you know, podcasts, whether it be mine or somebody else's uh, anytime she gets a chance. So she's definitely put a lot out there. And um, I know that that team sees her as, as a leader. Um, and I think that they will be just yeah. fine. And Denver doesn't score a lot. I don't know you know, too much. I don't have every box score in front of me, but they're, they're last in the league in offense right now, just shy of 62 a game. Um, middle of the pack with defense allowing 63 points a game. So um, that's an improvement last year. Um, yeah. Dosha was the first person on this podcast last year, the first coach uh, around this time. It was like December 20 something right before they opened with Omaha and the very first question I asked her, she said, I know you do research, so I'm going to get ahead of you. And I know that you know that we're last in defense in the league right now. And I was like, I do know that. You're correct. Um, so that's they're certainly improving there. I wonder if there's a stat with, like, what's the stat uh, time per possession or something like that? Because this is interesting. So they are second to last in the league in field goal. Um, hold on here. It's loading. In field goal percentage at 39%. Field goals attempted, they're second to last. Guess who's last place in the league in field goals attempted? SDSU. I was just going to – I I wasn't – I didn't want to say it and be wrong. But does that – as a SDSU fan who's watched a lot of their games, or is is that typical? Like, is it kind of like a – What's their turnover per- ratio? Um, SDSU had 27 goddamn turnovers against Wisconsin. 27 is um, not the right number. Don't quote me on that. But it was high. Their ratio is 0.8. Well, no, that's assist to turnover ratio. Um, turnover margin, they're at minus 3.7. They average 12 turnovers a game. How is it that – no offense, Jax. I love you guys to to death and back, but, like, there were literally 20-plus turnovers in the Wisconsin game. And that was well, – no, I'm remember. sorry. I misspoke. That's – I'm dumb. Again, brain lapse, you guys. It's been – one of those weeks um they are last in the league in turnover margin 
So they have they have a as a team. Well, they wouldn't they be first? Help me out here, Madison. So they have I, yeah, they're I averaging they're averaging fifteen point eight, and their opponents averaging twelve point one. So that's a good. That's good, right? No, that's sure. bad. Yeah, they're dead last in the league. Sorry. That's okay. not great. Yeah. Last in the um, I also did just get confirmation that Denver is playing St. Mary out of Moraga, California, which is the one that I thought it was. When you I Googled it. Guest. I'm definitely a special guest. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's, let's not go there. Um, When I Googled it, you know how when you Google, like, you know, DU women's basketball schedule or whatever, it'll give you that little ESPN, like, Dropbox. The St. Mary's game wasn't on it. So that's why I was like, I have no idea um, Interesting. who it is. But thank you to my South Carolina friends for texting me and letting me know that. Um, okay, Omaha. moving on. Who's next? Omaha. Omaha. Great. Omaha just got absolutely routed by TCU, which, I mean, expected. Power 5. 25th in the country, 12-0. and 0. They lost 96-56. to 56. Not great. Um, not ideal. Omaha scoring has not been great. In general, Omaha is a team that really perplexes me because is this, I think, Carrie Banks' fourth season? Um, maybe fifth, but I think it's her fourth. And she's been in the Summit League Championship twice already. Mm-hmm. I mean, she like they find a way to win in the Summit League tournament, and I like that. Um, and they find a way to give SDSU a run for their money. I think a couple of years ago, I said I had Tromaha, like trauma from Omaha, because SDSU oh goes God. down to Baxter and they just cannot <laughs> keep it together. Um, and Omaha finds a way. So this team really challenges me and perplexes me. I think, I mean, everyone knows that I'm an Elena Pilacuda fan. I have been an Elena Pilacuda fan for like the entirety of her career at Omaha. And she is gone now. She's back um, playing overseas. Um, I think that loss is going to hurt them in the, in league play because she was so big down below. And she, I personally, I think she was better than Megan Boltzma, but she like reminds me of Megan Boltzma. Megan Boltzma progressed over her years at SCSU, but just like that kind of presence down there that like, if your, your person in the paint is good, then you're solid. And I think that that's what she was for them. So I think that loss is going to hurt. Um, I think Grace Cave is really going to step into a new role this season, and I'm excited to see that. Um, those are they, kind of my. What did Denver Sorry. do last year with rebounding? Like, where were they as a team? Were they towards the top? Denver. Or, excuse me, Omaha. Sorry. Like, are we talking about Omaha now? Um, I don't know. I, it's been so long. They're, they're second to last in the rebounds per game and rebounding. I thought, was, I well, thought and like Elena wasn't she averaging close to a double double last yes. year she was if a great not rebound. a double that's double. exactly what I'm saying if you don't have someone to get those rebounds down all of your second chance points are gone essentially at that point um if you're not getting offensive rebounds so, so Omaha and then you're sits at four and seven so far this year they've well, here's the other St. Mary. So they, they won by 30 against the College of St. Mary. They won yes, by eight in yeah. overtime to Cal State Bakerfield. Uh, close loss to Wichita State by six, who lost to Oral Roberts tonight. Um, they did. And then they won over Peru State 92-70, 168-63 over Texas Southern. So, I, yeah, I think Omaha is – Again, not to sound like a broken record, but in one of those situations where I, I think they're 
they're fine. Let's just see how they perform in, in conference play the now. The first couple weeks, yeah. Yep. They, they start I out mean, at Denver, and then they play at – or excuse me, they host USD on New Year's Eve at 2 p.m. So I think it's worth noting that, like, um, Peru State and CSM are both – NAIA schools. CSM is in Omaha, College St. Mary. It's an all-girls school. Um, ah. So it's it was a good morale win, but I, I'm not willing to call it a good win um, yeah. by you know D1 standards, but certainly good for morale to get the scoring up and like is it me? Is it me or did we have a lot of D2 team scheduled a like, disgusting amount like what and I, is... I get before the two viewers that we have come at me i understand nobody wants to schedule sdsu nobody wants to schedule ndsu i get that i do i've been an sdsu person my entire freaking life i get it we don't need to be scheduling like who did the ndsu men schedule that call christian okay. college out of bemidji Oak, Oakdale, Oak Hill, Oak Hill. I think it's yeah, Oak, Hill. Oak Hills. Yeah. Um, like what was it? 92 to 14 or like 104 to 14 or something. Bad. That Bad. doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to happen. And and I, like, I, those are I, not... I sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just gonna say those are not scholarship athletes. Like those are people that play for the love of the game. And that's fine. I love the game too, but like you gotta at least be putting it putting yourself against teams that are like scholarships in my opinion. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I, I think it's a good thing that the summit league did with the big sky, but I don't know if there's talks in the future to have more of that. doesn't have to, I mean, just anything that's other D one conferences that are at the mid major level that are like, Hey, you guys having this problem? So are we Josh Fenton, Wants to be in more arm wrestling competition, you know, like, well, in the, I think it's a problem that the NCAA as a whole is what's happening is because of the portal. Like I heard this on the radio the other day, um, but like college basketball is like a viewer problem, right? Like we don't recognize a lot of names on teams because players are hopping and that's their decision, right? What's the best opportunity for, for them. But, like, we don't have those four-year seniors where we're like, oh, yeah, we got so-and-so, 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 and so-and-so. Now it's like, who do we have this year? And that's, like, a lot of teams. And, like, a lot of the bigger schools, yes, you have recognizable names because they're five-star recruits. But at a mid-major level, when you're constantly getting transfers every other year, every year, um, but then you go and play these D2 schools or these schools that are lesser known, as a fan, it's kind of like, oh, I don't really pay attention until – I mean, look at the attendance probably. It's not great through the year so far. I, I, that's just – I don't know. That got me thinking the other day when I heard that on the radio is the teams are unrecognizable anyways, and then here we are scheduling or having – it's no fault of anyone in the athletic departments. you got to play ball, so you got to find someone to play against. But I, I don't think. Yeah, just ask uh, UNI's athletic director. Do you see their football schedule? Four home games. Yikes. Yeah, and they're traveling to St. Thomas. And Hawaii. And Hawaii. So they could be playing 13 games or playing 11. Anyway, that's football. But that just it, it baffled me. Like, tell yeah. me your athletic director has one foot out the door without telling me. 
anyway, I mean, I agree to some extent. I think I, I don't love the argument that like, oh, we don't know who's on the team anymore, because I think that as a former college athlete at not the division one level, um, but as a former college athlete who did transfer, granted, I only transferred once, but like, I think I have a different perspective on why athletes do that. And I think you have the argument that if the coaches can do whatever the hell they want, why can't we? I, I right. think it's very complex. I think that my only critique of the NCAA, well, not my only, but in this context, um, is that they rush their rules because we, as, as the fans and, you know, society put pressure on them. So I get it, but I think they rush their decisions and don't necessarily like flesh everything out. And then they grant one kid a waiver and not another kid. And like, I don't know. It's very complex. Right. We talked a lot about this in my sports administration class this semester. Um, but yeah. And, and I don't want to, and I'm not knocking the, the athletes I'm saying from like a non diehard fan perspective, which is what would you say? Like 80% of most fan bases, like you get 20% that are like super paying attention, but to the general yeah. fan who follows a team for the most part, they don't have a clue. They might know a couple players that come back or might be a junior, but most of these juniors and seniors across these programs are transfer students. And so like these teams aren't like what they used to be where it's like, okay, now we've got like, look at SDSU's football team. Um, and then other schools that have had this, where it's like, you've got this core group of fifth year, fourth year, fifth year, sixth year, I don't even know is seven year even a thing, but like these seniors were so recognizable and yeah. I just, I don't think we're going to get a lot of that in the future anymore. I don't think so either. I guess my only like to argue against the general, general fan perspective, my only thing is like most of those casually identified fans were never going to be highly identified fans anyway. Like, that's their thing to bitch about is like, oh, I don't know anyone on the team. Like, well, if you watched games all the time, you would. Like, I, I don't know. I kind of don't necessarily always buy that argument, but I understand, like, the concept you're getting at. Anyway, we're only through, like, three teams, and Sorry. it is 10 p.m. on the East Coast, so we should keep rolling. <laughs> Welcome back, Jordan Blabbermouth. No, it's usually me. It's totally <laughs> fine. Uh, who's next? The uh, bison of... North Coast State. The Bison. The um, Bison. The Bison. Uh, this was a little shocking, and I'm going to pull up their schedule because I – Yeah, go for it. I had a – and again, yeah, it's non-con, so anything can happen in conference play. But I, I still have them as a top four team, top four – top of half of the league. I don't know that I disagree with that. I'll let you go ahead and speak first. So just looking at the rundown of their schedule here, guys, they lost by 23 to Creighton. They lost by 20. This is a good non-conference schedule. Um, yeah. At Minnesota, they hosted Creighton too. That's cool. Um, at Minnesota, lost by 22. They beat Northern Colorado. Which lost is a to big Harvard. Oh, yeah, yeah, So that's a good win. Uh, mm -hmm. 15 loss, point loss to Toledo. But they beat Eastern Michigan. There's that Mayville State again. Lost to Drake. 91 to 68 for Mayville yeah. State, for those of you that were unaware. So I, the NDSU's had a, a pretty decent overall at Drake, lost by 10, at Iowa State. Uh, didn't quite – lost by 30 there, but – and then beat Central Michigan by 10. That's a really good – you know, Tonight, out, yeah. five and six. 
Oh, yeah, that is tonight. Sorry. Um, they won tonight. They were up on Central Michigan, I want to say quite a bit at the half. I want to say it was like 30-something to 19. It was definitely um, double digits, though. So oh, Central God. Michigan maybe, maybe clawed their way back into that game a little. Um, but, Central yeah, Michigan they'll open. Sorry, what was that? Central Michigan's one and eight, so maybe that's not quite a good one. But hey, not, not as good of a win as it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they will open. The Bison will open with USD uh, in Verm on the twenty. Damn mirrored schedules. Mirrored schedules. It per hey. Shout out to NDSU's social department on the whole. Um, men's game in Fargo on the 29th and use the code playoffs to get a discounted ticket. That was hysterical. So for those of you, go ahead. No, no, you, you tell the backstory. I was going to say, for those of you that don't know, it is obviously FCS playoff heaven right now um, for us mid-major football fans. And USD and NDSU played, was that third round? Third round. Yeah. Third quarter. Because USD got the first round by. Yeah, something like that. Um, they played in Vermilion and allegedly, apparently, I don't, I I am not gonna take a side. What happened was so what had happened was <laughs> um USD was trying to get tickets out to their I don't know, donors, season ticket holders, whoever had first go before they went on sale to the public. And allegedly used the code playoffs which is maybe not the smartest code to use um and apparently ndsu bought up a bunch of tickets everyone was pissed they the ticket office then canceled those tickets and so on and so forth and then you know proceeded to get routed by ndsu certainly not usd's best showing in that football game so fast forward um ndsu hosts usd up here um on it was men's right on the men's side for basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah, on December 29th um, to open up Summit League play. And NDSU, um, you know, made a joke using the code playoffs. So we had pretty- uh, quite the interest in a fan bus because there's still plenty of tickets left up in Fargo for the game. We had plenty of interest for a fan bus until it was mentioned that it's a mirrored schedule. So they want to keep all the fans to go to the women's game if they can instead of driving up to Fargo. So another reason why mirrored schedules kind of suck. They do suck, but like, what are we going to do? You know, I just don't see, I don't see a path to, well, I know that the league office doesn't see a path to, to non mirrored schedules. I just don't see it. They changed the volleyball summit league uh, tournament dates. We complained enough about it being literally over Thanksgiving. Maybe. If Mark went tweets a little bit more. Maybe. I remember asking, I asked Fenton about that at NCAA basketball last year at Virginia Tech. I said, are you going to change the volleyball schedule? And he's like, we're thinking about it. Do you think we should? And I was like, yeah. And honestly, for me, it sucked because had it been over Thanksgiving, I would have been able to go uh, this year. But I <laughs> I couldn't go because it was, um, I, I couldn't miss class on that Monday. Otherwise, I would have been fine, but. I think it was me because I went to the the match against NDSU was the only one I could go to at the Summit League tournament, and I went and they lost. And then I go to the football game, and they lost. Wow, it is me. Anytime I go to a Summit League game, we lose. You just gotta stay home and watch on the the TV. God wills it. Um, okay, sorry. 
NDSU. Yeah, so NDSU. I, yeah, I think they're Body, in good shape still. Um, agree. Stats look like they're they're pretty good. Some of the losses were bad losses that uh, are dropping like their defensive points per game down, but stat wise they're pretty good across the board. I think I think they're in good shape. Once they get past the USD Montana State those two yeah. games it looks Montana pretty Montana State good. um would be a great big sky win. Montana State's typically pretty solid. Yeah. So we'll have to see what happens there. Okay, St. Thomas is six and six. They sit at five hundred. I have a special place in my heart for St. Thomas. I love Ruth Sin dearly to pieces. Um, she's so wise. She's been at UST forever and a day. I can't remember how many seasons. Like near 20 or over 20. I always get confused because the volleyball coach, I think this was his 21st season. So I want to say this is Ruth's 19th season. Um, but regardless, helped them transfer up to Division One from Division Three. They had a five-point loss to Drake, which is not a terrible loss. It would have been a good win. Um, obviously, Valley wins are good wins. Um, Can we disclose, they, like, Drake basketball is not – no offense to those gentlemen that play football, but it is not like football. Their basketball Correct. programs are solid programs. Like, Correct. so if you can pick up a win against Drake in basketball, it's a, it's a solid, it's a good win. That is a go. Yeah. For the, the one thing that I like to point out every year is any Missouri Valley win. I typically just say Valley, but that could be confused with Ohio Valley. Uh, but any Missouri Valley win or big sky win, I don't care what team it is. Good win. That is, that's what we need. Um, they routed Wisconsin River Falls. They beat Utah Valley. They also played uh, Moraga, California, St. Mary's, and they beat them by 14. Um, so I think that's a good win. That's a common opponent uh, for some of the other teams in the league. Two losses in a row, UC Irvine and Butler lost big to Iowa State. And they lost by four to Western Illinois, who, as we mentioned, used to be in the league until their that's Very two dubs for it. Western Illinois. Is JD just sweeping these summit teams now? He's that... sweeping the summit. Man, he like he was up and out of here and he came back to remind us. <laughs> um, and granted, I want to say that obviously JD had nothing to do with you know that yeah. decision. Um, I love JD. I don't like the way they left. I think it sucks, but that's not on him or the girls, that's on on the school. So we saw that coming. We just thought it was going to be a couple of years. We didn't think it was going to be like the next day. Like that. <laughs> um, St. Thomas also has a win over Purdue Fort Wayne, a five-point win. Purdue Fort Wayne, who used to be Indiana Purdue Fort Wayne, used to be in the Summit League until, I don't know, 2013-ish. Yeah. Right about the time Kansas City came back, Purdue Fort Wayne dipped out. Um. So I always like when I see those those people who used to be in the league. St. Thomas lost to Wisconsin, and they just beat uh, Wisconsin Stevens Point. They will open with North Dakota on the 29th. Um, great game. It looks like That's going to be a great game. Home. Yeah. Yeah. I think we do have some good opening matchups in the Summit League. I think St. Thomas, North Dakota could literally go either way. I actually – I probably think St. Thomas is going to take that. Um, they're just a more put-together team. They yeah. have dealt less with transfers in and out as everyone else and their biggest loss is obviously Maggie Negard who um after that summit league game when I was sitting in the presser the I can't even remember what question I asked her but I swear to god she looked right at me and she said I can't wait to watch this team win this tournament because they will and I was like I believe you 
Like it was icy. Yeah. I was like, I, I believe you. I know a lot of people don't, but I do. Um, so she's obviously their, their biggest loss, but I think they suffer from that less than, than some others. So they have two really good opportunities with North Dakota and Kansas city uh, to open up the league, Kansas city, who I am dying to get to. Um, I, sorry, do you have any St. Thomas thoughts before I just no, squeeze on I, pass? I will try to, as we move on through the season, but just haven't watched them enough. I'm literally just going off paper, which I hate when sports people do that, but here hey, we it's are. Fine. Are we really sports people? <laughs> no. We know more about the summit league than any ESPN announcer who will ever do like our tournament games or anything. And you know, that's true. So it's Don't even get me started on that. Jeepers. Creepy. I cannot handle it. Oh my God. Um, okay. So Kansas city, what are they? Seven and five. I think they've played 12 games. They played more games than, I think anybody except USD. Um, yes. Kansas City, listen, I know that you guys, I mean, I am biased 100%. I have family in Kansas City. I love it there. I love the ruse. Um, Kansas City, though, I think is dangerous. Some of their wins, so they have a, an opening win over Bradley, who they also opened with last year. Valley win. I don't care how good or bad Bradley is. Bradley's coach, I can't remember if she got fired or suspended. That was wild, though. It was like a week or two into the season. Um, but anyway, opening win over Bradley. There was no info either. It was just like has been suspended. Opening win over Bradley. They had close games with UTEP and Utah State. Those games were both 62 to 60, actually, which is so funny to me. Um, <laughs> but they lost both of them. They had a nine-point loss to KU, which I don't think is bad. There were opportunities to win that game. Um, so that kind of frustrates me a little. Was that at home? Um, no. There's no way. It says versus Kansas, unless it was on a neutral court, maybe. I think it was neutral. I think okay. they played um, probably in Kansas City somewhere. Maybe ah. at the, what's the place? At Municipal, where the men used to play. I think it okay. might have been there. Um, so a nine-point loss to KU. They've won their last five in a row. However, some of those have been cupcake wins. Um, they've not been great. I want to say, like, oh, they did beat oh, Western yeah. Illinois, yeah. by the way. Um, Western JD is not out here sweeping the summit because Western Illinois lost to Kansas city. Uh, um, but they played, I have it up. I think Arkansas state was one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 62 57 over Arkansas state 50, a 50 burger against Bellevue who they also played last year. Um, so they must have kind of an agreement there. 68 to 60 over Western Illinois five point win over Alabama A&M. And then they absolutely routed um a, a christian school out of kansas so they have a great opportunity tomorrow i don't think it will i, I don't know how it will go i don't think it will go amazing this is a tough five game stretch coming up they have a great opportunity tomorrow and a great opportunity with the four games after that as well so kansas city uh will play they'll drive you know an hour and a half down the road uh, uh maybe two hours to columbia and play Mizzou uh, tomorrow night. And then they open in Tulsa with their travel partner uh, with at Oral Roberts, which I that's going to be wild. I'm so excited for that. Then they host St. Thomas. And then we get into the Big Sky Challenge, host Portland State, and then go out to Ogden to play Weaver. Wolf. That is a wild. And then they go to North Dakota State and North Dakota after that. Yeah. Good test. But I'll tell you what, if Kansas City can go 
what is that? Seven games that we just said? Seven, 500 or better. I was going to say if they can go four and three, I'd be happy with that. I think Mizzou is a loss. Um, I think Oral Roberts is probably a loss. But if they can get the win over North Dakota, which the way North Dakota is playing right now, I think they can. Granted, that's also January 13th. That's three weeks. I mean, that's post post Frisco. I'll be back from Texas by then. Um, <laughs> so you never know what's what's I just had to throw that out there. I'm so sorry, but I'm not sorry at all. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah, that is, you know, you never know what could happen by that point. But I will tell you, I think Kansas City is dangerous. I think that five in a row, even with three cupcake teams in there, Kansas City hasn't had that kind of morale. I think they are continuing the momentum, or at least Coach D is continuing the momentum from the Summit League tournament. That was another thing I wanted to say. Kansas City has 11 new players. Everybody gone. Are you? Everybody's gone. Wow. Sinai, remember the game winner? Sinai, she's gone. Yeah. She's outing. Um, I think they had three transfer out. Um, they had three graduate, Mana. Elise Stafford and somebody else. Um, yeah, wild. 11 new players. They have a transfer from, I want to say Grand Canyon. Yeah, Nevada. She played at uh, Nevada and then Grand Canyon, and now she's at Kansas City. Grad transfer. Her name's Dominique Phillips. She is a baller. Absolutely wild. Wow. I watched her first game over Bradley, and five minutes into the game, I was like, that's, she's the girl. It's her. No, it's, it's, it's a solid program, um, and it has been for quite some time. They're a tough team. Um, I think this next seven games are going to be a good test for them, though. I, th- I think they'll be just fine. I hope so. Sorry, I feel like I talked a lot. I was no, like, I, need to, I need to watch. I, I really kind of I need, I need to watch a Kansas City, uh, a Kansas City game, though. You got some good opportunities coming up. Also, um, one transfer. I mean, they, multiple transfers, but they got um, a girl from a woman. I should say these are not girls; these are adults. Um, a woman from Missouri State who's super awesome. Zaire Harrell is still there. Jocelyn Yule is still there, and Tamaya Ugas is still there. Those are the the returners. Everybody else um, is new. So we have I see three freshmen and a couple out of Lee's Summit. Um, I see a girl from Cochise College, which is down in Arizona. I applied for a job there once. Did not get it. <laughs> um, Johnson County Community College out of Kansas. Uh, Davidson, that's the, the other one. Kelby Bannerman from Davidson, I think, is her and Tom Phillips together. Do you remember when we started this podcast with uh, uh, Scott Holland? Hot Scotland on the Twitter, as they say. Um, yeah. He said that Naomi Alnatis and Brooklyn McDavid were Kansas City's one-two punch. They've got a new one. Kelby Bannerman and Dominique Phillips. Say those names one more time. Kelby Bannerman and Dominique Phillips. Take note. Remember the name. Remember the name. Fort Minor. Remember the name. (laughs) Fort Minor. All right. Your your Jackrabbits are currently third. They uh, sit yeah, yeah. at overall six and four. They've they've also had a really good and good meaning tough um, non-con. So what's good the lowdown with the Jackrabbits? You know, I've not watched as many games as I would like to. Um, so I can't say I've actually seen more of Kansas City and Denver than I have of SDSU. 
I was so frustrated with the Wisconsin game that I turned it off until it was really close at the end and I turned it back on. Um, God, it's just not like them. I Like I said, actually, I don't know if this was on the live or if it was when we were thought we were live and we weren't, um, but Callie Tyson and Haley Timmer, those injuries sting. And I think, I think actually it was when we weren't live. I'd said to you, it yeah. is reminiscent of the three or four ACLs that y'all had last year. Um, when it was like the Yotes just can't, and they still competed. They just like couldn't quite get all the way there at some time. You knew there was a missing piece. Yes. And I injuries. think that that's what we're seeing. AJ was down to nine girls on the roster at one point. I mean, there was a girl um, out of Minnesota that a couple of us knew of that he picked up a girl off the softball team. I don't know if that's true. Uh, yeah. I think it is. Um, yeah. I mean, just, and, and they're good additions. They're good additions, but I cannot remember. I'm 26 years old. I've been watching Jackrabbit basketball since I was little. Um, like Jill Young, Jenny Workentine, Jenny Sonnerborg, Macy Michelson, Jackrabbit basketball, right? I have never seen, and it could have happened, and I just, you know, was too little, but I've never seen AJ go to another program in the school or like sign somebody off the street. Like I have never seen that happen. And I'm somebody just like threw snow or something outside my window. I'm sorry. Um, what is snow? I'm, I'm excited for my interview with AJ because I know he's going to be AJ, right? He's going to be even keel. Right. He cracks a smile one or two times per interview with me. Um, I know that he's just, you know, he's going to say it's balance and we are who we are. We do what we do. And like, that's his thing. That's his, 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 I don't think it's a cool guy act. I think he's just a cool guy. I think he's just calm and level-headed and we don't really see him get upset. Um, which is so funny. Cause like when I was at Dakota Wesleyan uh, for undergrad, Jason Christensen, like it was a record if he could make it to the second quarter without like throwing his suit jacket. I mean, this man would be like red in the face all the time. And Matt Wilbur on the men's side too. And I love both those guys to death. They're never going to see this, but uh, um, yeah. And AJ's just not that, right? But right. I'm excited to chat with him and see what he has to say about the adversity. Because I think that this is the most adversity they've faced in a while. You can argue their, their power five, seven power fives last year was adversity. It absolutely was. But I think this type of adversity, he's not necessarily run into. Do you? Do you see on their schedule a quality win? So their wins are against Arkansas State, Tennessee Martin, South Carolina State, who, no offense, again, uh, not very good. Yotes yeah. also crushed them. Um, UNI could be uh, – yeah, that's a good one. And is Dort, you know. No, Dort is, is Dakota Wesley and NAIA GPAC. So they, um, they won that by 12. Was that the one yeah. that they were they were tied was, at half or down at half or something like, like that? Last week. Yeah, they were. Um, so listen, Northern Iowa is I'm gonna contradict what I just said. Um, Northern Iowa is typically a good win. I just said five minutes ago that any valley win, I'll take it. I'm frustrated though, because Northern Iowa, Northern Iowa always trips up SDSU. Like when we had Maya Sell and Tori Nelson, Tylee Irwin, SDSU, um, last year or the year before, Northern Iowa always tripped us up. 
And this year when we are down and out and not at our best, we beat Northern Iowa. So I just don't think that Northern Iowa is as good as they have been. Um, so I, I mean, I like it. I'll take the win, but it's just like kind of a thing in the back of my mind that I'm like, really, we couldn't beat Northern Iowa when we were, you know, absolutely murdering and annihilating everybody. But like now we can, and I, I hate the loss to Washington state because playing Wazoo is always a good win, obviously. And the fact that it was so close, knowing how down they kind of are this year, uh, they being the Jacks, knowing how down the Jacks are like that sucks, that hurts, but. I don't know. I don't know if Arkansas State's a quality win. Um, Kansas City beat them too. I'm not sure. The last Gonzaga absolutely stings. I mean, they've got Creighton tomorrow, who is ranked. I don't yeah. know how that's going to go. I don't know. They could come out of the gate really hot. I, I think that SDSU needs to – SDSU is okay to be a third and fourth quarter team um, when you're playing the bottom of the Summit League, but, like, we cannot be doing that against Creighton. So if the first quarter doesn't go well, I think it's over for for them for tomorrow night. I mean, but so that's next, just me. Their next four games at Creighton, at North Dakota, and then the Big Sky Challenge is at Northern Arizona, and then of course SDSU lucks out having a doubleheader. They play the first against Montana State before the boys or the men take on Montana State later on. Yeah. So the good traveling too. It's oh, like yeah. all around the league this year. I don't know. Like what? I don't know what it is. Yeah, just when I yeah, I won't get into the Yote men too much, but just when it's like, oh, maybe the pieces come together, they no go to California and I don't know, not not good back to back games there. They play the lesser uh, UFC to, coming up to say. Do you know who Bob Green is? The former Montana Tech football coach. His mm-hmm. video comes up every once in a while. You haven't seen this guy? Oh my god. It's like a, a two-minute video um, from a, a news like agency in Montana put together clips of like over the years of Bob Green and this guy. I was just gonna say the USD men stretch out in California, like you mentioned, that was not great. I was like, oh yeah, it's like they just got off Willie Nelson's tour bus. Montana Tech or Bob Green, I guess, um, in his coaching clips, he's got one where he's like, some aspects we played really well, and the other aspects look like we just got off Willie Nelson's tour bus. And then he was like um you want to know what my favorite play was in all these years punt most successful play we ever had like he's just so so funny he he was like um you know you win some you lose some but obviously you want to be a winner my wife couldn't make it to church on Sunday everyone said where is she and I said well she hadn't go out with losers like he's just so quick spitfire witty witty yeah (laughs) one time I got an A my grandma slapped me for cheating Okay, Bob. Hilarious. Anyway, Willie Nelson's tour bus. Um, All right. We yeah. feel good about uh, SJC's got a tough stretch, tough matchup tomorrow. But, uh, yeah, we'll just see how they continue to handle their the injuries, unfortunately, um, and how they respond to it. Yeah, not much more to say about that. Um, so we got the top two teams to finish up with that. Uh, I think that, yeah, it's – these are the two best teams in my opinion so far in the summit league um, is oral. Ro- we'll go, we'll start with oral Roberts and then move on to USD. But um, my, do you want to know my hot take last year? You gave hot takes on the Twitter yeah. spaces. My hot take. ORU's in the championship game. Kelsey music in her second season as head coach has ORU in the championship game. 
Is it that hot? That's a warm take. I I don't know. I think, uh, listen, or you got picked fifth overall. I thought that was a steaming pile of BS. Yeah. Um, I get, I'm not mad at SDSU getting picked first, A, because I'm a jackrabbit. B, because I don't think that you can factor injuries and everything in. I think that for years, with the exception of a couple years of USD, a couple years of SDSU, a couple more years of USD, for years, SDSU has been at the top of the league. And nobody, with the exception of USD, has proven that they can take them down yet. So I think you have to put them first. So I'm not mad at that. Um, but ORU being fifth, I thought was wild. Yeah, listen, they're, they're offensive – just their offense, excuse me, is just ridiculously good this year. And I know that I don't know the opponents that well, but I mean, even in their losses, they're scoring 70 points in a lot of these, you know, losing to Texas, giving up 112 is not ideal, but you still scored 74. Um, mm -hmm. And they did they that have, against Oklahoma as well. Yep. yep. Yeah. Good point. 103.74. You know, some of these are wins in the 90s to the 60s. Kansas State, that's probably not the – that's their worst loss, I would say. Yeah. Clearly, 59-102, but it'll be Wichita Let's State. Let's talk about Wichita State tonight. So, oh, yeah, at one it. point yeah. – at one point, ORU um, was down. I can't remember how much it wasn't – super crazy but it was enough to for me to think okay they might not be able to pull this out um and then Wichita State scores near the end and it, then it started to get back and forth but are you beat Wichita State 76 74 I think that's a good win um yeah. Wichita State's in the AAC which I mean I love ORU sticking it to Wichita State even though Paul Mills is on the men's side like that's fantastic um, I'm not a Paul Mills fan. I have I, a lot of people aren't. A lot of people are. I don't really care. I know Listen, that some I people. Love, I love South Dakota, and I've grown to love Sioux Falls as we've lived here. And I just, I don't know the man, but I didn't, I didn't appreciate the comments about the tournament. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, and I didn't appreciate the was it NDSU where the like the post game you know thing happened um, last year or two years ago. I think so. Um, yeah, and I know I know people that are going to see this and be upset with me um, that have had really good experiences and that you know Paul Mills has done a lot for, and that's great. I love that. I don't, and it's I I think Paul Mills is a good person because I don't know him to say that I don't think he's a good person, you know. But some of the comments he made just like soured me a little bit. But anyways, I, have friends and I make sour, sour comments that people disagree with, so that was just one that even if I was his friend, I'd be like, yeah, maybe don't do that unless you, you clearly that. have one foot out the door and you don't care then go ahead yeah <laughs> um wish yeah. nothing but success but yeah or are you um i, I give me one set i had the stats pulled up but they're number one in the league in offense they are um, number one league in offense i yes, believe they're in the middle scoring, of the for defense field goals they're tied for second um rebounding i believe they're first so um it's a it's a tough team and but this is what non-conference is for right it's like you build this and if they can continue on this path of being a high scoring team and being in the middle of the pack defensively and being number one in rebounding you know they've got a shot against any team in the league yeah absolutely um players to watch hannah cooper uh came back is a grad student i mean she was phenomenal for them last She's year great. i think we'll continue to do that 
Um, there was somebody else, Talia Jones. She's a sophomore who came in from UT Arlington, has been big for them. And Sarah Rodriguez is back, also a grad student. She was a little quieter at some points last year. She kind of flew under the radar a little bit, um, but came up big for them in the tournament. And then, of course, Ruthie Udomo, I think, is going to be um, their star. I think Hannah and Ruthie are going to get it together. So I would love to see Earl Roberts win the, the whole thing, to be honest with you. Um, everyone knows I was a huge Misty Cusson fan, and it, you know it just wasn't working out, but I still hated to see her go. That made me mm-hmm. sad. Um, Cause she poured so much into uh, the community at a, or you in the women's basketball program. Um, but clearly, you know, administration said we want to go in a different direction and we want to change the culture. And here we are. I mean, Kelsey music did great last year. Yeah. Um, the, the women played great last year. I really think that ORU can make the championship game this year. And I would be, I guess I'll say I would be surprised to see them not do that. I just think that I think that with the injuries to SDSU and as a jackrabbit, it pains me to say this, but like this is the opportunity for some of these teams that have been right there and just can't get past them. Um, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see an ORU USD champion, championship match. I also wouldn't be surprised to see it like a Kansas City USD championship match either. Yeah, I if you for those that do watch this um, and you're a fan and you live in the town city where your team plays, when ORU, when ORU comes to town, get a ticket, check them out. Not that you shouldn't for every Summit League team, but um, the game will be high scoring for sure. 100%. Um, should we talk about the Yotes? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I, I Again, my alma mater twice, twice alma mater. Um and I've only watched a few games this year. I just haven't had time to really get into anyone's season yet. So hopefully that changes after the new year. But, you know, they, they beat Bradley tonight. They, they were down in that game. Um, they used a 17-0 run in the fourth quarter tonight. Um, their defense at times, when I look at these box scores and trends and stuff, the O's defense is suffocating at times. Um, and they're starting to shoot the ball or continuing to get better at shooting the ball. Um, I think tonight's win, I was, I think it's their 900th program win tonight. 1970. What did they start? 1972, 1971, uh, something like that, but 2023, I I don't know. Um, neither of us were alive as you're not, you're only a few years old. As I was always told I was a fart in the wind. Um, But anyways, uh, they're they're on they're on fire. They won seven in a row. They're they're ten and three overall. Um, if you'll give me a sec, I'll pull up their schedule here. Um, yeah, go for it. I'll highlight some 20- people while you're. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, lost by twenty six to Creighton, but they've got wins over Northern Colorado, DePaul. Uh, the rematch against Michigan did not go as planned. Lost by nine. But here's the thing, and, and Coach Kari has talked about this too, like the Michigan and Arizona ones, those those were a lot closer than what the final score represented um, throughout most of the game. It's just one of those that yeah. at the end of the game, they just kind of pulled away. But they, I, those were the two games that I watched. I, I think it helped. It was on national TV too. But they, they were with – No excuses. <laughs> no excuses. Um, I am a subscriber to the Summit League Network. So if you haven't yet, 
nine, 10 bucks a month. I've gotten to watch obviously like volleyball, basketball recordings of football games. Thanks to Midco. Um, it's literally just a drink a month that you pay for it and you have everything there. It's the easiest. Did they, nice- do, did they do monthly for SLN? Yeah. I it's like, oh. or what is it? Hold on here. No, it's yeah. I paid the nine, yearly fee. I didn't know they were doing month. I would have paid yearly anyway. Um, but I didn't know they were doing that monthly. Oh yeah. I we thought- about that monthly subscription. We about that. We about that. Um, listen, I know people were like pissy about, some league network for whatever reason i don't like the whole like flow sports debate and like is it too much like flow or whatever like listen it's affordable if me as a broke phd student can afford it <laughs> and you were already paying for midco before yeah it's probably gonna be fine you know and- um i i am i was just gonna say i'm i'm a midco stan i love midco i think that yeah. people bitch at them a lot for stuff they don't need to bitch at them about i do have gripes i would like um four screens right now you can only view on three screens at a time and when there's four volleyball games or four basketball games going on god forbid five now i want to watch all of them yeah <laughs> especially in this position so i do midco want four screens and i will keep shouting that from the rooftops but i think that people get mad at midco for stuff they don't need to be mad about um summit League network has been a little glitchy for me i won't lie yep. but i think that's more on the school than it is on midco um so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But I like that I now have access to every home game. That's mm-hmm. what I want. I want to be able to watch all the teams. I need to be able to watch all the teams in this position, actually. So um, when so you're if, doing the mirrored schedules and you're at the game, you can also have the other there one. There you go. Which you all were doing before. So you're not mad at Midco. You're mad at mirrored schedules. Everyone was already like, doing that. Hey, I don't know what it's like in Brookings, but the Wi-Fi at the Dome and in the SCSC has gotten so much better. It's so it's it's great now. The I don't know what it's great. like in Frost. I know that it's not been. I don't know if it's Wi-Fi or cell service. I know that at Dyke House, it's not been phenomenal, and people do complain about that quite often. Um, I mean, I haven't been back. The last time I was in Brookings was at Dyke House uh, when we beat Montana State in the playoffs last year. So I haven't been able to get back this year because I got to save that Frisco money for the Natty (laughs) and because I obviously need some like tournament money because that's literally now with Friday, it's like a week. I mean, it's $800 in a hotel easily just in a hotel for me to like because everyone jacks the prices. Yeah. So... Yeah, we'll see. I've considered staying at my parents and driving, but they live north of Mitchell. So that's, I mean, it would be like an hour 20 one way. And to do that five times, I just, I can't. So anyways, um, my hot slash warm take, according to to JD605 here, is that ORU is going to be in the championship game. I would not be surprised to see a USD or a Kansas City. I don't know if it's going to be SDSU. I think the first couple weeks of conference play will be extremely telling for everybody. Yeah, and I mean, just realistically, the the Yotes, I had the – I don't like to dethrone someone. So, like, in my preseason thoughts, it was SDSU until proven otherwise. Then the injuries happened, unfortunately, like we talked about, but then it was USD number two and they're the clear cut favorite. I think that they're the best team in the summit league so far this year. 
um, and they're getting better. Um, they've got – what do we got here? NDSU on the 29th, then they go at Omaha, and then their big sky is at Montana and then at home against Idaho State. So going on the road to Montana, I don't know what the series record is, but that that's a, that's a, a tough trip, an 8 p.m. tip time. Um, but uh, Grace Larkins is – I don't know what other players stat wise, but to me, she's head and shoulders above everyone else as far as any player of the year consideration. I mean, you, you watch her is. and it's just, it's unreal. The level of absolutely competition she's at. And, you know, Yotes have other players like Tori DePerry that are fun to watch too. Um, and I am so sorry. Just won the, the peak performer of the week in the summit league. She had an overtime the three pointer and I and the name's escaping me. Maybe it's because it Nicole. I think so. It's like a Nicole Avila Ambrosi. I think it was her. But you know, the they're they're the wheels are starting to to turn rather quickly and the defense is picking up. The offense is really picking up. I mean, yeah, it was D two schools with Dickinson State and Mount Marty a couple weeks ago, but they went back to back hundreds. We need to get some if we're gonna have home games, we need to have Something, it doesn't matter the opponent. If you get 100, we need something free. Like a promo. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. But um, I trust the USD folks to, with their. I, okay. Their, so listen, that's one thing. I Let me say this about basketball and then let me talk about promos because I do have thoughts on that. Um, I was going to bring up Tori DePerry, but you did. So for those of you that don't know, Tori DePerry is a transfer from Saginaw Valley State. She's listed as a senior, but it also said she was a senior at. Um, Saginaw Valley. So I wonder if she's a fifth year senior, but like a COVID year senior um, who's not listed as a grad student. Um, but anyway, I remember seeing um, when she committed, I don't know when it was, I mean, a few months ago, off season, when she committed to USD, I saw like found some of her film on Twitter and I was like, bro, that's a good ad. And she absolutely has been. Absolutely has been. Um, Kendall what Holmes, I'll say, Madison. Kendall Holmes. Oh, she had the three point. I needed to say the name because yep. I feel bad for reposting Sorry, it on the social channels, and I just the name escaped. And not me. remembering. I repost so much shit that I can't like. Kendall <laughs> Holmes, remember. Summit League peak performer of the um, week. Two things. One that I wanted to say when you were talking about like the wheels are turning now and it's like starting to get going. I remember. And I hope this doesn't ever happen. I know people are like, oh, AJ's going to leave. AJ's going to leave. He's not leaving SDSU. He's not. Um, but anyway, it that like conversation reminds me, what you just said reminds me of when Don left USD. And it was like, not from everyone, but like some of the things I saw on Twitter was like, well, crap. Like, what do we do now? Because she came in and she, you know, rebuilt or ignited, however you want to say, the program and your powerhouse again john leaves combine that with the injuries um and it's like okay well what are we going to do now but i think that this is you know the patience being rewarded i think that this is the year where usd really kind of gets going again and then next year the year after that the year after that we see them be my comp is dying were. i'm listening uh, that's okay we see them be who they were with like the hannah Sherbins and you know, the Kira Duffy's and all of those people that I am so freaking happy have graduated now. 
Um, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing I was going to say, you we were talking about promos. So when I was at SDSU, um, I was Rabbids and president and we were often told by no fault of the person telling me, but by whoever was ahead, like, I would say like this promo, this promo, this promo. And then it was like, you guys need to come up with ideas. But like every idea we had, it was like, well, that costs money. It's like, no shit, Sherlock. Like USD's good at that. They're not, they don't, they don't like pull that. I remember when I was in grad school um, and I think it was actually the the year, it was COVID year, um, the year after when we were doing double headers and we had USD at mm-hmm. home. Um, the week prior or post that, USD had a freaking bacon bar. Like they literally tweeted like students, there's a bacon, but like literally a bar of bacon. And I was like, why aren't we doing that at SDSU? Like, what is the problem? Why are we not doing, we get Papa John's pizza and that's fine. And I know we have certain like, um, you know, I don't want to say distributors, but like providers that we have to use for certain things. And it mm-hmm. has to get approved through Learfield. And like, I get that. But bacon for college students, that are drunk AF, like, and hungover, yes, like, give me bacon. I was like, I don't understand why we're not, why are we not capitalizing on this? There are some other things that USD does, like, buying the bibs and handing them out at games and then taking them and washing them. Like, that could be happening at SDSU. Maybe not the most sanitary thing post-COVID, but, like, those bibs are expensive. And I remember my friends and I, like, coming back after COVID, um, we were like, these don't fit anymore. Like, we ate too much Papa John's. <laughs> like, I can't pay $70 for another pair of bibs, you know? It's so, like, even things like that and, like, send, sending a bus to the Summit League tournament and giving them a game ticket, a bus ride, and food for, like, $15. And, like, granted, we got discounted tickets, but having to get ourselves to Sioux Falls, like, that can sometimes be a barrier for students. And so mm-hmm. I think, I can't believe I'm saying this, that USD is, like, doing something well. Hopefully my dad's not watching because he's going to bitch at me after. Um, but like, I think that USD's promos and the, you know, the student section, what they do for the students, I think it's great. I think it's phenomenal. I think that SDSU should take notes, but also props to president Barry Dunn at SDSU for buying playoff tickets for the students again, um, this year for all the home playoff games. That was amazing. And just for the record, Sheila also does that. I don't think we're very public about it though. I mean, I, I just literally ranted about how USD oh, so that's, was so That's good. very expensive. Like, good for them that do that. That's money. Yeah, absolutely. That's legit money they're paying to have 1,500, 2,000 students money. attend those games. It's probably our activity fees, honestly. That's true. <laughs> you know who doesn't have activity fees? USD Sioux Falls. Shameless plug. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm talking about. that's your job now. <laughs> oh yeah do you want to i don't know if you want to like be public about that do you want to tell everyone how you like are in a new role this new phase of life at usd sioux falls oh yeah yeah really quick um so i've been there just over a year now but i am at the associate director of admissions for usd's brand new campus in sioux falls um on the north side of town right by the flying J. so uh we're in year two of existence it was the old community college university center usdsu several name changes but satellite campus got a 30 academic programs mostly centered around business healthcare, and education so excited to be a part of something from the ground up and uh um 
yeah, it's just fun. You get to talk about USD to students and people our age that might have started a bachelor degree or an associate's degree and never finished. And now this is an affordable option. So that's my plug. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I remember you telling me when you transitioned into that role and I was like, that's super dope. And you get to be working with USD, which is awesome. Um, I, for those of you who don't know, I'm getting my doctorate. I left my job at Clemson uh, this summer and moved to Ohio. So I'm back in the Midwest, um, back where it snows, getting that PhD. So the true Midwest, right? Was... Not the Great Plains Midwest. You live in the Great Plains. I don't understand. No, that's what I'm what saying you're... is Ohio is like the true Midwest. South Dakota oh. is like the Great Plains Midwest. When people say, oh, I live but in South Dakota, I'm in the, the Midwest. Midwest. No, I get so mad. Okay. So when I moved here, <laughs> two things happened. The first was, oh, you're from South Carolina? I'm like, no, I moved from South Carolina. And they're like, well, you're not ready for the, for the cold. And I'd be like, I'm from South Dakota, you know? Um, and then they'd be like, well, yeah, but it gets colder here than it does in South Dakota. And I'm like, thank you for telling me you don't know anything about South Dakota. Um, because it does not. Maybe lake effect in Cleveland sometime. Sure. I'm about 40 miles south of right. Cleveland. Um, but I was like, no, that's not true. And then the other thing that would happen is I would be like, yeah, I'm so happy to be back in the Midwest. And they'd be like, South Dakota is the Midwest. And I'm like, look at a map, you dingleberry. <laughs> Blow it out your ditty bag. Like, yes, it's the dingleberry Midwest. Dingleberry and, and whatty bag? <laughs> Blow it out your ditty bag. Oh, we that's... are definitely at the end of our broadcast when we start. <laughs> <laughs> that's from the Golden Girls. Um, Sophia Petrillo says that in, in the Golden Girls. A ditty bag was like a little makeup bag or like a little bag for your little trinkets or like a change bag. Yeah. Okay. Your ditty bag. Ditty I have said that to you in a text before. You must have just like thought I was out of it. Like a misspelled tweet, like hops instead of hoops. Oh my God. I was so mad when I tweeted that today. I was, I, I proofread it three times and I sent it and it was like hops like bro. Welcome back to Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. Well, folks, she may not be able to name all of Santa's reindeer, but she's certainly one heck of a basketball <laughs> coach, uh, someone we admire and respect, and that is head coach of Tommy Women's Basketball, Coach Ruth Sin. Coach, thanks for coming back to the show this season. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I do now know Santa's reindeer. <laughs> okay. I, I It's in the plans, actually, to test that out later. So we'll, Oh, my goodness. We'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> um, Coach, I want to start with actually just talking a little bit about last year at the Summit League tournament in the press conference. I don't remember who it was, but somebody asked you if the depth that SDSU and some of these other teams have is kind of on your list of Division One standards to achieve. And it looks like we're kind of seeing some more of that from your team. So can you just talk about, um, you know, Hill, Langbin, and Lamker, I think are all juniors now. Scalia is a sophomore and you have Jordan Glenn back and some of that experience is kind of starting to set in. Can you just talk a little bit about how that's helped you out thus far this season? Yes. Um, you know, that is the 
enjoyable part of coaching is when you can take a group of young ladies and you can, you know, really live this journey with them year by year by year. Um, you know, this is the age of the transfer portal. And don't get me wrong, the transfer portal has its own place. But I think the real beauty and what you get to do is you get to really, you know, make relationships with these young ladies. You get to be on this life's journey with them all the way through. And, you know, this is the first year that we have an upperclassman dominant team. If you look at our existence in Division One, year one was the post-COVID year. We are going with our babies that are 19 years old as, as far as our majority of, of our team against these 25-year-olds and these 26-year-olds. And then even last year, we kind of got our feet wet with that first year, knowing the league, knowing the expectations. But yet we were still, the majority of our team was underclassmen. This year is the first year where the majority of our team is upperclassmen, juniors and seniors. And we are really seeing a better understanding of engagement, a better understanding of leadership and how they can pour into the other players and really take ownership into this program and what we're doing and, and what we want to achieve. And so it's been a lot of, it, it, it's been very enjoyable to take that next step and, you know, really establish a players coach team. Absolutely. Well, it's certainly been um, enjoyable to watch. Starting with the non-con, you have a WAC win, a West Coast win, an OVC win over former Summit League member Western Illinois, and I think two Horizon League wins. So some good kind of mid-major wins in your non-conference. Aside from experience, what have you been seeing that kind of contributed to that effort? You know, I, I, as we were talking about, I think it's just kind of a maturity and understanding of what we need to do to be successful the type of engagement, the type of intensity, the type of ownership that is going to help our players to be able to figure things out. I mean, we look back at that UMKC game and UMKC is a very formidable opponent. They're going to throw everything at you defensively. They're going to put a lot of pressure on. And that was a game that it wasn't going perfect, but our young ladies had that mindset that we got to find a way. And we got to find a way. We got to come together. And I think you're really seeing it in their resolve, and and as I said before, their ownership. Absolutely. Um, you're two and zero in Summit League play. Some people might say that's only two games, but it is worth pointing out that that's the best two game start that you've had um, since joining the league. So I want to really dive into these North Dakota and Kansas City games. We'll start with the good things. Um, so in the North Dakota game, Amber Scalia went bonkers with like 27 points. I think Jade Hill scored 20. It was raining threes, 32 point first quarter or something like that. Offensively, what did you think you did well? And what did you like out of that performance? You know, the thing that I really enjoyed about that game is the way we shared the ball. If you look at, I think we had 28 made field goals and out of the 28 made field goals, 20 of them were assisted. And I think that's where, you, you know, you really get buy-in and you really get excitement is when everybody can make each other better. We keep talking about that. There's a karma of the basketball and how can we share the ball and get that energy when people touch the basketball. And so it was really exciting to watch that. We, we kind of knew that we were in a good spot when our first basket was Amber Scalia driving down the lane and she kicks to Angie Hammond and Angie hits a three who doesn't normally take threes. And we thought, okay, they're in the right mindset with this, but it, it was a fun night with that. We did shoot very, very well. 
you mentioned Angie Hammond. I was going to bring her up. Um, she came over from Minnesota after a year at Dade and two years at Southeastern, which for any listeners that don't know, NAIA championship contending Southeastern, that's a great basketball program that she came out of. She doesn't score a lot, like you just mentioned, but how, what other ways has she made an impact on the court for you thus far? You know, everybody has their own advantages they bring. And what Angie brings to us is on the defensive end. And we need more and more players that are like, okay, I am going to be a D stopper here. I am going to be a juggernaut on the defensive end. And she is a force to be reckoned with. And so she's really brought that kind of, um, you know, mentality that we're going to defend. We're going to be about the defensive end. And then she also has an offensive component as as far as a physicality with that. But I've really appreciated having her come in as a grad transfer about how do I take ownership into this team? How do I invest in this team? How do I give up my gifts from this team? Sometimes as graduate transfers, it's more so it's about me. It's not about serving this team. And Angie has done a really nice job of serving this team and really bringing that defensive component to our team. Yeah, she's certainly fun to watch. I didn't do a whole lot of research before the season. I didn't know who was on what roster. And that first game, I was like, who's this? (laughs) I need to learn more about her. Um, So I'm excited for her this season. Moving to the Kansas City game, Joe Langbin led the charge uh, with 17 points and 13 rebounds. What did you like from, from her that day? You know, the thing that I like about Joe and then the steps that she has taken this year is she really is focused on the next play. Um, uh, you know, the basketball is a game of runs and there's highs and there's lows. And, you know, you try to minimize that. But Joe has really done a great job of kind of letting the mistakes go and getting on to the next play. And she was a force on the rebound end, both defensively and offensively. And then you know, she is so athletic, the way she can run the floor, the things that she can do physically as far as her strength. And so a double-double is pretty impressive. Um, The interesting thing about it is if you were to talk to Joe, she's like, well, that wasn't one of my best games. And it's like, okay, that's not a bad, that's not a bad idea that you have a double-double, but yet you still want more. And so Joe has really taken that next step about, you know, really focusing on the next play, what we need to do and, you know, what the team needs best. Absolutely. So speaking of what the team needs to do, we do have to talk a little bit about some of the things that were maybe not so great. Between the two games, you turned the ball over 44 times. I'm sure you know that. Um, North Dakota and Kansas City combined scored 133 points and 39% of those points were off turnovers. What What's the point of emphasis in, in practice with this? We have been talking about this. One of our, we have a couple of, you know, Teams always have mantras, right? And one of our mantras is our C's. And one of our C's is consistency. So after the UMKC game, you know, my team, um, tongue in cheek, are like, well, at least we're consistent that we're (laughs) over 20 turnovers a game. And I'm like, could we be like the men's team and, you know, lead the nation in least amount of turnovers? But um, it is an area that we're working on. And, you know, I think one of the things with our group as we move forward is just being more decisive, being more deliberate, and and really understanding that they have the power when the basketball is in their hands. I, I do think that's something that in women's basketball sometimes it's like, you know, we play too fast. We go too quick. And our young ladies, they're doing a much better job of understanding that they 
have the power when they have the ball in their hands that they can do that. You see that on the free throw line. We're getting to the free throw line at a much higher rate than we ever have before. But now it's got to translate into turnovers. And a lot of it is our decision-making. So we are definitely working on that. I would like to be consistent there at a lower number, though. Lower level. Yes. yes. <laughs> I think um, I think Sac State scores, I looked it up, I can't remember. I want to say they score like nine points off of turnovers in Portland State's around 13. So a little less than what um, what you've been allowing. So hopefully those two will come together to to work that out. Um, we're going to shift gears for just a quick moment. I'm going to show the people uh, the roosts and reindeer gate and, and see what they think and see if, if you can do better um, this time. So here's, here's Ruth Sin attempting to name Santa's reindeer. Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, I'm so sorry. It just cracked me up. I'm not saying that I could do any better. Um, I wonder if I know Sammy Opichka got it like on the first try or at least the first try in the video. I don't know if she practiced before that. So I don't know if you scheduled a tutoring session, um, but you said that you can name them now. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Well, well, the big thing is you got to remember the song. You know, now you know <laughs> Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen. remember the song and I was trying to go on it on my own but once you get the song it's like oh I got it because I mean we all listen to Christmas songs you know absolutely <laughs> um yeah just a little shameless plug I don't know who runs the Twitter account for St. Thomas women's basketball but it's absolute fire I love the content every year um so so keep it up whoever whoever you have to tell they're doing a good job please do that for me that would be Kelsey um, Whaley. She does a great job for us. So we are very Kelsey excited Whaley. to have her and her gifts. Absolutely. We love Kelsey. Coach, my final question for you um, is last year at the Summit League tournament, I asked Maggie Negard in the presser what she learned and what she hoped the team would take with them, um, you know, after her exit into the season. And she looked at me and gave me chills. And she said, I can't wait to come back and watch St. Thomas win this tournament because they will. And I know that it's a little bit early, but it certainly looks, you've got the attention, you know, of Midco people, league people saying, uh-oh, like Rusin, this team's a contender. Um, what do you think it's going to take to be able to come back and do that? Well, I mean, it's a long ways from that point. I mean, as you said, it's only been two games, but I do think the biggest thing is, can we continue to make sure that everything counts? I mean, it's cliche and I understand that. And as, as you know, you know, as a sports, <laughs> you know, broadcaster, you want to hear something big, but it really is down to can we continue to focus on what's right in front of us, not only the game in front of us, the quarters in front of us, the possessions in front of us, and can we take those next steps? The biggest thing I think that we've got to make sure that we avoid is getting into this comparison trap. The only people that we have to compare ourselves is to our, our, our best self. And obviously turnovers is an area that we've got to improve, but we got to continue to really focus and, and keep our focus really narrow into the, into the now and really live in the present and enjoy the present and enjoy the process of getting better. And that's got to be our number one scorecard. And if we can keep that scorecard is how do we get wins every single day in practice, even in games, even within the games, 
in certain moments, then we'll be okay. And so I think that's the biggest thing. And you bring up Maggie and Maggie was just such a gift to coach. Um, she had such a passion and such a um, standard of excellence and she's been to a lot of games. And so she's still on this train with us and not in uniform right now, but definitely, definitely, you know, she's a part of our program and, and will always be, and she's laid the foundation for us to be able to even do what we're doing today. Absolutely. Well, I would argue that in 19 seasons, you've also laid quite a bit of that uh, foundation. So I know you don't like to talk about yourself too much, but um, I do. So congratulations on, you know, getting to 19 seasons and your first postseason win um, at the Division One level last season. And I'm looking forward to great things for you. We have a lot of people, a lot of people go into that. It's um, I, yeah, I get to be the head coach, but I'm very fortunate with the assistant coaches and the players and, and all the support staff. I mean, it, it takes a village to be able to do this. Absolutely. Um, St. Thomas hosts Sacramento State tonight in the first half of the Big Sky Summit Challenge before traveling to Portland State on Friday. You can catch tonight's game on Summit League Network and Fridays on ESPN+. And then the Tommies will continue Summit League play on the Summit League Network next Thursday in Brookings. Coach, thanks again for being here. I really appreciate it. Madison, thank you for everything you do. It's so great how you continue to promote all of our women's basketball. I mean, we've got we've got it moving. Women's basketball is kind of up and coming, but it's because of people like you and all that you give to this. So thank you so much for all you do. Thank you.